You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Uh, well, we are the uh, Redeemed Trio. Well, we are not, but you know how that works. Uh, we're from Heartland Baptist Bible College, Oklahoma City, and we're just out uh, traveling. We want to present uh, the school to people, to different uh, churches that may not know about it. Uh, we want to be a blessing, uh, to sing, to do different things, have some music back in the back, different uh, uh, things that you can pick up, books to read, uh, information about the school. Heartland Baptist Bible College moved from uh, San Dimas, California in 1998 to Oklahoma City, and we are unapologetically a preacher school. Uh, that's what we're, uh, the Bible talks about, that the, by the foolishness of preaching, God chose to save people. And so we make no apologies that we want to train preachers uh, to go out and preach the gospel, whether that be on the, the United States area, uh, the mission field, those kind of things. We, that's our main focus. Um, and you might say, weren't you the education chairman? Well, yeah, we train other helpers, other workers. But as long as I'm the education chairman, I'm not going to... Uh, sit back and see the shift change. Uh, it's the preachers. We need preachers. Uh, and then we also need helpers. So we train uh, education people, church ministry. We, cha- we uh, train secretarial uh, majors, music majors, uh, people who are going to help the pastor uh, or the preacher spread the gospel. And so, uh, like I said, we make uh, no apologies for that. Uh, we think we have, uh, well, we would like to say we have the best program out there. Uh, just because that's us. That's, that's why we're there. Uh, but we have uh, pastoral majors. The Brother Rocky Harrell is the chairman of the, of the uh, Bible department. Uh, he's pastored for, pastored for over 26 years. Uh, for about 18 years or so, he traveled back and forth from Tulsa uh, to teach at the school one day, now, uh, one day a week. And now he's been on staff for four years uh, full-time uh, teaching our Bible department. Uh, we have other men. Uh, James Raspberry has been on the staff for a couple of years. He was actually a church planner in Wiley, Texas and started a church there, pastored there for 20 years. And now he's been at Heartland. Uh, Brother Kenny ha- or Keith Hainline is our missions chairman. Uh, He was a missionary in Kenya for 13 years, been at Heartland now for 17 years. Uh, Youth ministry, Ted Inman, uh, has been the youth director at Southwest Baptist Church for almost 30 years now, and he's the chairman of the, the youth department. Uh, Miss Andrea Briggs, chairman of, or she works with the, uh, you could call her the chairman, I guess, of the secretarial. Uh, she's been with the school almost 30 years. Uh, I've been uh, with the church ministry. He's been in Heartland for 11 years. Uh, was up in St. Joe, Missouri, ran a school, associate pastor, did some different things uh, there for 24 years before that. And one of the things we like to just uh, present is that if you come to Heartland, you're not going to learn in theory you're going to learn from experience, uh, from people who have been there, done that, uh, made the mistakes, got the t-shirts, all those kind of things that you might say. Uh, you can learn from people who are going or have done what you're wanting to do, what you believe God wants you to do. Uh, and so we, uh, we like to offer that. We have a one-year Bible certificate. Uh, you might say, I don't feel called into full-time ministry. Well, congratulations. I didn't either. Uh, when I went to Bible college, I just knew I was supposed to. I don't, I couldn't, uh, couldn't actually pinpoint anything why. Uh, and then when I graduated from Bible college, I worked in a factory in St. Joe for three years, uh, married my wife, some different things along that line, had no intention of really going into full-time ministry. 
Um, just knew I was supposed to go to school. And I did. And then God said, tap me on the head one day and say, guess what? I got something for you to do. Uh, you've been trained for this. Let's do it. Uh, wasn't my intention. But a one-year Bible certificate, you might come. What we'll do is teach you, and you will probably, if you come from a decent church, which I know you do, you will already know what you believe, but we're going to put a lot of emphasis on why you believe it. Because if you know why you believe things, then you can withstand any attacks that come. Uh, you don't have to get mad at people if they question because you already know what you and why you made that decision. It's no problem at all. Uh, it's kind of like when, you know, you buy a tool and your wife says, why did you buy that? You don't have to get mad. <laughs> Say, I bought it because. No, no. Uh, I'll talk about my wife. She's a lovely lady. Would you stand, Mrs. Babishak? Yeah, stand up. Okay. Yay. That's my lovely wife. She puts up with a lot. And uh, the students would probably agree with her. Uh, I can't, when we're driving in the van, I can't really see their faces, but I can hear their gasps when I say things about my wife. And so, uh, but anyway, <laughs> well, moving on. When your Bible certificates come, you know, if you may say, well, I'm going to just, uh, I want to be an airline pilot or I want to be a beautician or I want to be whatever it is uh, for the next 50 years, if that's what you're going to do, take the first year, get yourself solid in your Bible, know what you believe, why you believe it. And the next 49 are going to be peachy keen. Uh, and you'll be a blessing to your church. God can use you in different things. So we would just kind of recommend that kind of uh, idea if you don't feel called into full-time ministry. God doesn't want everybody in full-time ministry. Yeah, right. Just how it works. Uh, and so uh, that's a little bit about Heartland. You probably know a little bit more. Uh, if you have any questions, we'll be back in the back uh, with the table. Uh, we'll answer or try to answer any questions. We'll give you information uh, about those kind of things. And so... I uh, just want to uh, thank Brother uh, Jeff for allowing us to come. Uh, I don't know that I want to thank him for asking me to preach. Uh, you may not want to thank him either, but that's how it works. Uh, I want to already apologize to the uh, lady doing the interpretation here. Uh, she's going to have a challenge uh, this evening, and so uh, we'll just have a good time. So I'm not sure uh, if you're in the habit of standing uh, when you read the Word of uh, God, if you are, if you'd stand with me, if you will, we're going to turn to the book of Jonah and it's like, oh no, not Jonah. Everybody knows about Jonah. Well, we'll talk a little bit about it and you might, uh, have you talked to what just, did you just come preaching Jonah here? Okay, good. It doesn't matter. Cause what I'm going to say is not anywhere in the books. So it's just crazy stuff. <laughs> Anyways. All right. So we're going to look, uh, Jonah chapter one. Uh, verse number one, it would read like this. Uh, now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. And we'll just stop there. Uh, we'll just ask God to bless our time, and we'll see what he has for us. So, Father, we just thank you for the opportunity. <sighs> Lord, I just pray that you'd help, uh, help me to get everything in uh, presented the way that you want and what you want presented, uh, Lord, and that the application would be uh, what you would, would love and would want to see in our lives. And so, Father, we thank you for that opportunity. ask you to bless the, the next few minutes where we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, thank you. You may be seated. Jonah, the, the second chance guy. Everybody, everybody loves a second chance. Would you all agree with that? 
And we like second chances. When I was a kid, uh, when I was 15, as a sophomore in high school, we moved from Cincinnati, Ohio, moved to Bridgeport, West Virginia, and I was getting ready to play football. And so when we were practicing, I, my, my position at that time was a guard and a linebacker. And so we practiced different things, and, and we practiced a play called a 50 trap. And so uh, if you're familiar with football, anything like that, well, basically I'm going to be a guard. The center's going to go one way. The, guard's, the other guard's going to go another way. And the, the trap guard pulls around, and this guy, who the defender who thinks, huh, nobody's blocking me, then you get to blindside him and just wipe it out, and then there's a big hole uh, up through there. My coach says, in my, my high school, my head coach was not big into letting sophomores play. And so it was a big deal when my, when my guard coach said, hey, uh, go up here. He wants to do it. And, and so my head coach called this play. He said, let's run a 50. I'm just dumb enough that we've been practicing 50 traps. And I don't know if a 50 is the same as a 50 trap. I'm also scared enough to not ask which how many of you know that's a dumb thing to do? And so I just ran like a regular play and I was supposed to have pulled and hit the guy that was uh, to be blindsided and the running back just came through. He got, he got obliterated. And my coach looked at, uh, gave, gave me a kind of a dirty look, you know how those things go. And uh, then t- looked at my guard coach and he said, I thought you said he was ready. And guess what? I never got another chance. I didn't get a second chance. I, I, I mean, I got to play on like special teams and things, but I never got another chance to, <laughs> to make that position. That's a bummer deal. Everybody likes second chances. Just, Give me another shot. Well, it, it doesn't work that way. Now, it's kind of neat in the, in the long run. The next year, I had talked one of my other coaches into letting me play running back, and so I got to do that. Uh, the very first touchdown that I scored as a fullback was a 50 trap that we ran. And this guard did it the right way, and it was just wide open, and 85 yards down there. And uh, yahoo! But I didn't get a second chance at guard. I sat, I sat that whole season waiting. Everybody loves second chances. We love it. We say things like, well, I wish if, if I had that to do all over again, or uh, maybe you're a golfer. Oh, wish I could have that one back. Because <laughs> it's over in the woods. Somewhere. You're never going to see that ball again. Uh, just different things along that line. My wife asked me one time, she says, you know, uh, if I died, would you get married again? I said, I'm not making that mistake again. <laughs> so, uh, so that's just how it works. <laughs> that second chance. Now, she, did, now, she didn't really say that. I'm, I'm just making that up. But she did really say, uh, if I die... I don't mind if you get married again. I just don't want her at my funeral because that means you've already been looking. And so those things, but, uh, we, we like second chance. Let me just read you some quotes about second chances. If I could, uh, it says, Oh, uh, it says a second chance doesn't mean anything. If you didn't learn from your first, that's just a good thought. A guy named Anarug Prakshish. I have no idea who this guy is. He just said it. Uh, he said a smart thing. Someone also said, we all deserve second chances, but not for the same mistake. Okay, you might, yeah, you might think along that line sometimes. Um, what's this subdivision called? I know it's all baseball theme. Is it called like, okay, anyway, well, this is Pete Rose. How many of you know Pete Rose? Oh, my. These young kids are going, who? who? Pete Rose, he said this. 
if someone is gracious enough to give me a second chance, I will not need a third. That's a good attitude. If you get a shot to do something uh, again, you ought to take it. Uh, Oprah Winfrey said this. I'm not necessarily a big fan of Oprah, but she said, if you're still breathing, you have a second chance. That's That's just a good thought we need to keep in mind. If you wake up tomorrow, you have a second chance to do some things. Uh, God's a God of second chances. We would, we would probably all agree with that. God is patient. God is loving. He's long-suffering. Uh, sometimes uh, people mess up their second chance. Uh, you might look at Saul. Uh, God gave him a chance. He said, I chose him to be king. He said, look, uh, Samuel says, wait for me. I'll be there at this certain time. Uh, and Saul gets impatient. Offers a sacrifice, Samuel. Of course, this is this is just neat how life works. Sometimes uh, he offers that sacrifice, and it's like as soon as he's done, here comes Samuel. Yeah, that's right. yeah. What's that smell? Oh, I you you were late, so I offered a sacrifice. That's his first mistake. He had a chance. He God had chosen him, and God said, I, "You know, I'm going to establish your kingdom uh, if you'll just follow me." Well, he messed up his first chance. So later on. Samuel goes and says, Saul, God wants you to wipe out the Amalekites. Of course, you all know the story. He goes, the people save all the best animals to sacrifice to God. How spiritual is that? And he keeps King Agag because that's what kings did. Uh, they captured the, the other king and they kept him as kind of like trophies. Uh, if you leave the Old Testament, the book of Judges, there was a king named uh, Adonah Bezak. Uh, and he cut off the thumbs, the, the thumbs and the, the big toes uh, of his captive kings. And he said he had like 70 of those that he had. Uh, and he died and said, you know, I had 70 that I did that too. It was just a trophy thing. But it's not right. Whether it's you have good reasons, it's not what Saul was told to do. So uh, Samuel again comes on there and Saul messes up. Uh, he got a second chance, but he messed it up. He didn't do it very well. Uh, Lots of other people we could talk about. Peter, Jesus basically tells Peter, you're going to get it. You're going to mess up and I'm going to give you a second chance. Yeah. He says, look, I prayed for you when you're converted, uh, strengthen your brethren, although that you're, yeah, I pray that your faith doesn't fail. Uh, and of course we know Peter right after Jesus says that, he says, I'm going to die for you. I'd, I'd be willing to go to, and he said, uh, you're not even going to make it through the night before you deny me three times. Uh, Peter just doesn't get it. But Jesus meets him on the shore and uh, calls him in. He has the fish. He says, come and dine, come and dine. And he gives him another chance. Uh, He told him that he would convert him. And you see Peter then on the day of Pentecost. Incredible, incredible. 3,000 people get saved. Uh, You see him stand before the Sanhedrin. He is not afraid of anything now. Uh, God gave him a second chance and he took it. He used it. Look, for the sake of time, we'll look. This is probably one of the biggest uh, second chance guys in the Bible is Abraham. Abram and Abraham, uh, not my wife's favorite character. Uh, she's, she's one of these. When he goes in and he lies about who his wife is to protect himself, she's not a big fan of Abraham. He's like, yeah, you're, you're so, but, and he does it twice. That's what, there's kind of irritating. But he, God says, in verse, uh, in verse 1 of Genesis chapter 12, God says, look, 
the, the Lord had said to Abraham, or Abram at that time, leave your kindred, leave your family, leave your house, leave this country, go to the place that I'm going to show you. Well, if he had said that, that means he'd already said it. I mean, if you're an English grammar person. Uh, so this is basically the second time God is telling him, here's what I want you to do. And you read the scripture, you read the, the account. Uh, he takes Lot with him, which of course was uh, not what he was supposed to do. He goes down, finds this place. God says, look around, look around, look around. I'm going to give you all that you can see here. Abraham's like, cool. And the very next verse, it says he kept on going. <laughs> God had just said, here's the place I'm going to And he did, yep. Thanks, appreciate that. Builds an altar, all those things, and he just keeps on going down south. There's a famine. Goes down into Egypt, all those kind of different things we know about. Uh, he brings Lot. They come back up. He lies to Pharaoh. Uh, Pharaoh rebukes him, uh, sends him out. They come back up. Uh, they have strife between he and Lot and their herdsmen. Lot takes off and goes into uh, pitches towards Sodom, and, and we all know it's not a good thing that ends up with him. But before that, God has come to Abraham and said, now, I'm, I'm not going to hide from Abraham the things I'm going to do. And he tells him what's going to happen uh, with Lot and different things. But he's also told him something else. He said, uh, about this time next year, you're going to have a son. That's a repeat promise. He's, he's already messed that up with Hagar and Ishmael and all those different things. But God says, about this time next year, you're going to have a son. Uh, then the things with Lot, and then we see the things. And uh, there's another famine. He goes down, and he goes down there where, with Abimelech. <laughs> and God has already promised, I'm going to give you a son. And he lies again about who his wife is. God has given him chance after chance. And Abraham, it, 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 my wife would tell you, he just keeps messing up. But God still keeps giving him chances. And if you read about it here, he comes back. Uh, lots, lots out of the way, all those different things. And God tells him, look, now, now you've finally done what I've asked you to do. I'm going to give you all this land. We like second chances. We like that. The prodigal son, if we talk about him, he left, got his father's inheritance, took off, wasted it with riotous living. All his brother would say, uh, all those different things. Um, but when he was in the pig pen, he came to himself. Uh, the, the terminology in the, the language um, has to do with kind of he was crazy and then came back to his right mind. He just like he was seriously. How, if you're if you're thinking straight, how many of us would waste our money and get nothing in return? Well, nobody. If you're thinking straight, we don't always think straight. And so he was not. But he writes this speech and he practices it. And then he goes back and he starts to give that speech and his dad stops him. His dad's been looking for him, pulls him in, says, look, you're my son's here. All those kind of different things. We love that kind of stuff. We love that kind of stuff. And so we look at Jonah. Jonah runs away. He does all those things. But then in chapter three, if you read that, God says this. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. And so God is going to give Jonah a second chance. Well, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. We like that. 
We like that. So we're going to illustrate that if we can. If we can. You. I saw you make that face. You in the blue polo. Come here. Would you like to, you want to do something? Just yeah, stand yeah, right about there. That, that, a little closer. Because you look like, no, no, no. All right. You want to make 10 bucks? Sure. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm not lying. I got 10 bucks in my pocket. Oh, no, that's my hotel. Sorry. Can't come there. There 10 bucks right there. All you got to do, throw this ball in that cup. From there, don't. You got this. Yeah, do it. They were so proud of you. Okay. Would you like a second chance? Yes. <laughs> I thought so. Um, <laughs> here's the deal. I'll give you a second chance, okay? Because I'm just that kind of guy. Um, but the ball is way over there. So that's, go get it. That's, and just pick it up and stand there just because. All right. If he throws it, now he'll probably make it from there, but if he, if he throws it from here, that, would you all agree that's a second chance? Here's the point. There's two points I want to make this evening. One is that a second chance is not a redo. He doesn't get to throw it from closer. He's got to wear that ball. If it hadn't hit that stupid speaker, he'd have been way over by the piano. He doesn't, listen, when God gives us a second chance, he doesn't erase our past and the mistakes and the situation. Uh, he's got the same opportunity, if you will. There's still 10 bucks on the podium, still the same cup. He gets a second chance, not a do-over, not a redo. When Jonah goes back to Nineveh, oh yeah, he gets to preach to them. And, and if you look at it, just, you want just a little point, because I'm, I'm all about little detail things. There's no real time frame given. So it says the fish came up, just vomited Jonah up on the beach. And then chapter three starts out, God said, now go preach. This, in our mind, we would think, okay, that's kind of like continuous, but it could have been a while. Doesn't necessarily mean that God said it right away. It could have been a year or two years before God. When I was 16, uh, I, God, God spoke to me in a, in a church service. I knew uh, that I was lost. I knew I needed to get saved, but uh, I was too cool, whatever. Um, I got a second chance. I'm glad God gave me a second chance. But the thing is, God did not give me a second chance for almost four years. He didn't speak to me again. And in that four years, if something would have happened to me, I'd have died and gone to hell. God does not just constantly give us chances. God will give us a second chance, but we only get it when he gives it to us. You can't force it. Four years. And so Jonah, uh, who knows how long it was before, from the time that he's on the beach Till he gets so until he gets into Nineveh, but the thing is, whatever acid in the stomach has done to him, whatever he he probably stinks. I mean, he's he has to live and he has to do that second chance in the circumstances that he's put himself. He doesn't get a redo. He doesn't get a do over. You look at the prodigal son. He gets to go back to his dad. 
But what's the dad say to the older son? He said, look, everything I have is yours. He's already given the younger son his inheritance. There's not more waiting for him. Now, just on a little side note, it is possible God is a God of second chances. God is gracious. You look at Joel. He told the people of Israel, he said, look, the, the, the things that the canker worm is eating and all those, I'm going to restore those different things. It's possible that as the father, when he came back and as the father prospered, uh, he would have maybe more of an inheritance to give the son. But really, when the son came back, that's what he had, nothing. The older, it was all the older brothers. Listen, God may give you a second chance, but you're going to have to come and under the circumstances that you find yourself. This is a second chance, but now it's a little bit harder. In fact, maybe a lot harder. You were pitiful from here. I can't imagine how bad. (laughs) That's going to be terrible. Are you willing to take that second chance? Why? Because there's 10 bucks. How about if there's no money? Are you willing to take that second chance? Of course you are. Of course You know how this sermon goes. No. Okay, so here's the thing. Jonah repents. Jonah gets things right. Uh, And so we're going to try. Okay, you ready? Go. Go for it. No, ignorance. No, no. What are you throwing it in? Uh, Kids these days. All right, that cup. There we go. Okay, you messed up my whole point. Here's the thing. When you repent, when you get things right, and and God gives you that second chance, uh, I appreciate it. Here's your 10 bucks. God, yeah, because I'm just that kind of guy. <laughs> Kid, psych. Nope, nope, I am. I got out of my wife's purse. No, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Here's the thing. When we repent, when we get things right, when God gives us a second chance and we say, yes, sir, I messed up the first one. I am so sorry. I'm sorry. If you give me that second, I will take it. I'll use it. Listen, God is going to do everything he can to help you. If you've got the right attitude, you've got the right spirit, you've, you've humbled yourself. God is more than willing to help you. There is no way he's making that. You already know that now. But he made it. Because, listen, God is a God of second chances and if you will take him up on it, he will help you to accomplish what you need to do. Yes. First point, it's not a redo. You have to deal with the circumstances you find yourself in. It would be better to take the first opportunity. But God may give you a second chance. The second point uh, that I want to get across and we'll be done. God gave gave Jonah a second chance because the people of Nineveh had never had a first chance. And it wasn't because Jonah was such a wonderful person or such a great guy. There was someone that God was wanting to work with that he was going to use Jonah. And the people of Nineveh, they were, Jonah knew it. Again, God said, their wickedness has come up before me. But they had never had a chance. And God said, I want them to have a chance, so I am willing to give Jonah a second chance, so they can have a first chance. So how does that apply? Real quick, uh, you may be a a husband, uh, a father, and maybe tonight God is going to give you a second chance to be the father you're supposed to be, because your kids need the dad 
that loves God, that serves God, that's going to point them to God. They need a first chance to see what God can do in a man's life. You may be a, you may be a child. Um, God may be giving you a second chance to be the kind of child you're supposed to be. Uh, to, to bless your parents, to honor your father and your mother. You may be a teacher. You, all kinds of different scenarios, however you find yourself, you may be somebody's neighbor and you haven't witnessed them, you haven't talked to them and you see them every day. And God says, I'm gonna give you another chance because they've not had a first chance yet. And I want them to hear the gospel. I want them to be saved. Listen, God wants us he is more than willing to give us second chances. But it's not just because we're so good. It's because people are waiting on us. Yeah. There are people, we're going to be here in Sioux Falls. We'll leave after the youth rally on Saturday. There are people here I will never meet. You already understand that. They'll not get a second, they'll not get a first chance from me. But you work with them. You go to school with them. Uh, you go to the grocery store. They're waiting for a first chance. I've never presented the gospel. Probably have a chance tomorrow. You've got a second chance and it might be someone, maybe just not their first chance. It may be their only chance and it's you. And so we look at Jonah and we say, yay, we like second chances and all those things. But there's a reason. There's a reason he got a second chance is God did not want those people to go to hell. So what about you? Uh, We'll just... We'll just close it up. Uh, I, I love second chances. I, I love, love to get redos. I love to do, uh, get a chance to do it over. But again, when we're talking about spiritual things, you don't get to do it over. You just get a chance to make it right or make it better. So who's waiting on you to get a first chance? Um, there were 60,000 young people in Nineveh who didn't know their right hand from their left. Uh, It's not they were ignorant. They just were little kids. 60,000 little kids. I'm just telling you, there was a huge city. And God said, they need a chance. And so he said, I'll give Jonah. And when Jonah uh, repented, (laughs) God blessed his preaching. He comes in and the king says, oh my. I had never heard anything like this before. Sackcloth and ashes. Everybody fast. We We are in trouble with God. Maybe God will be merciful. Listen, they took their first chance. It says the city turned to God. There are some people who will take that first chance just because you've gotten a second chance. So that's some lessons from Jonah. So let's pray. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.